Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Joel Wanasek. Joel, you are the co-founder and CEO of Unstoppable Recording Machine Academy. I feel like I want to say that with movie announcer voice, right? I you, should hire you to do my podcast intro. Right, right. <laughs> it's a, it's URM urm.academy. Uh, and that's where you're found on the web. Joel, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate your time. So I know you have a background in the recording industry and working with rock bands. And so let me read for you the top rock songs of the 2010s. Um, let's see, three of them are 21 Pilots. Three of them are Imagine Dragons. Uh, and let's see, the other four are Panic at the Disco, The Lumineers, Walk the Moon, and Portugal the Man. Uh, Joel, as a fan of rock music since you know, the fifties, uh, you know, especially like, you know, I love the seventies, eighties is all right. Certainly, you know, the kind of the birth of metal and, you know, where metal really Metallica and all these other bands and the nineties with grunge and everything else. I got to say my own opinion, the 2010s did not rock for me. <laughs> it did not rock at all. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't do a lot of work in indie rock. I mean, my biggest rock credit, you remember the band Trapped? Headstrong was their big song. I mean, we're talking like 2005 or wow. four or something like that. I mean, that, that's probably like the most notable rock. I've done a lot of metal stuff, which is, oh, cool. um, and a lot of, well, I, actually there's a very big Japanese guy that I worked with. I just had a number one two years ago, but he's not very famous in the US, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> no one would which, know. You know, and I, again, I know you do so many other things today, which we're going to be talking about, uh, but what, what's your prediction on, you know, is, um, you know, I think if you look at where music, obviously we're at such a different model than the, you know, than, you know, buying CDs or records or cassettes of the past. Right. And that's how you gauge the popularity of music. Now it's all about streams and, you know, what's being consumed that way. And it seems like a lot of catalog stuff is always still super popular. Right. Uh, but most of your, you know, if you look at the Spotify top 50, I'll be honest, like maybe I'm just old and not cool anymore. Well, I know I'm old and not cool anymore. I'm old and not cool too. So <laughs> I get it. But, but I was like, man, it's, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's not, it's definitely not what I would consider rock. And that's cool. Like I know music is always evolving and changing. You I'm curious. Trap right now, Josh, I don't know what if that's that? hip hop and rap is your genre, but like trap is where it's at. Like the rap stuff that's coming out. It's kind of like all the attitude and um, rawness that used to be in rock music and metal yeah. music like 20 years ago is now moved into rap. So it's like the yeah. rap stuff goes harder than a lot of the heavy stuff that comes out. Cause there's just like so much more attitude and like, yes, Ocy and like alpha maleness to it. And I don't know, which, just, which I love, which I absolutely love. And so like when I ride uh, my spin bike and I've got used the Peloton app, like I love the trap workouts. So that side of it, I like, it's the lazy rap that just, oh, I can't, I can't stand. <laughs> It's just like, yeah, I mean, it's not for everybody, but the thing you got to understand about music is it every year, you know, every few years it changes. So yes, what's cool now, always. Oh, my dad listened to that music. That sucks. You know That's what I mean? Right. Five years. So it's, it's just like, 
you got to kind of, this is always a challenge for all the music producers. And I tell this to a lot of our students. I'm like, look, every three to five years, you have to completely, everything that you like, you have to get rid of and jettison and grow into something that's new, completely different foreign because the market changes so fast and you have to jump and keep jumping onto the new thing and under and get it. Because mm. I remember like when dubstep came out and it sounded like robots having sex or something right. like this. And I'm like, I don't get this at all. This is just stupid. But then I had a bunch of kids that showed up at my door and they're like, hey, well, Mr. Producer, can you write us a song like this? I'm like, well, dude, like, I'm thinking like, I, you can't turn around and be like, no, I don't want to take your money. I don't want to feed right. my family today. <laughs> uh, so you had, to, you had to listen to it for like two weeks straight. And then I had finally got it, what was like cool about it. And then I was like, okay, now I can actually produce this kind of music. So it's, it's very difficult because you're always pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone. I mean, I guess it's the same for being an entrepreneur anyways. You know, you're always going out and taking on different risks and growing and, you know, pushing into, you know, all kinds of different verticals, whatever you got to do, you know. Joel, did you get into the recording industry because you knew somebody? Was that, I, mean, no. I know a lot of people no. who do. It's be, really? My story is actually crazy, Josh, because I come from the, okay, so I did everything wrong and I made it to the top, if that makes sense. <laughs> I come from the cornfields of Wisconsin. If you go to any place in the music scene in Wisconsin, and I'm still here, by the way, which is hilarious. Right. Uh, if you go to any place, nothing ever comes out of Wisconsin. No big bands, no big Weezer, Weezer's out of Wisconsin, yeah, right? That was 90, like what, 94? Yeah, I know, I, mean, I know. Nothing <laughs> I'm has come stretching there here, since. I'm stretching here. <laughs> So, I mean, seriously, like, you know, we had Butch Vig did Nirvana in, you know, the early 90s. He did yep. Nevermind, which is obviously a smash hit of a record. And then, you know, we had like Weezer and Garbage. And again, that was like, that was that one guy. We haven't had anything else since. Mm. So I, I came from a basement, no internship, self-taught, just brutalized. Now, keep in mind, the music industry was just trashing itself. You know, no one's buying CDs anymore. Everybody's streaming. Or I mean, this is, I guess, before streaming. And, you know, I was still able to just smash it out, work my ass off, finally mm -hmm. just grinded my way through that up, started working on regional, then national bands. And then I, you know, started doing these businesses. And then we finally exploded and hit it. And I don't know, it's, it's, it's been a crazy ride, but uh, I definitely gave up all of my 20s, as like Gary Vee would say, in half my yeah. 30s to get where I'm at. <laughs> so... You know, so, so, you're, so you're in the space, take, take me through, um, like what, what was your kind of like your pinnacle? Like, oh my gosh, like I am like the guy in this space. Like, who are you working with? What are you doing? I mean, it's okay. Well, there, there's, there's different stages of the career. Um, I mean, for Wisconsin, I mean, I, again, since Butch Vig, I mean, I, I, there was a point where I had gotten two local bands signed to major labels and no producer has done that. And then, you know, I started working on all these stuff. Uh, my business partner, Joey, here in my audio stuff, he uh, was probably the most famous metal producer in like the last 15 years. I mean, the guy is like an internet legend. He's an absolute rock star. And I did a lot of work with him and a lot of his bands. And we just, I don't know, we, we've just built an empire together. And yeah. I, I think uh, there wasn't like one crowning moment. Um, well, actually, yeah. Uh, okay, so about two years ago, there, there, was a, there was a day where, you know, when I was 20, now I'm 38 now, uh, I, I always wanted to be like a millionaire, right? Like I wanted to make a million bucks. And, you know, I was, as a producer, I always wanted to get like a number one song, right? And yes. I never had one. And I had a lot of like top 20 or top 40 and, you know, different things like that and did good charting stuff, but I never got a number one. And I finally got my first number one. And then I finally, like a week later, um, no, sorry, it was a week before that. I got, I got the chronology reversed. Uh, that's when I logged in and I opened up, you know, my ClickFunnels thing and we looked at the revenue and I'm like, holy crap, we made a million bucks this year. And I was kind of just like, it was like the best week and a half because yeah. I smashed two major lifetime goals in the same, you know, two week period. And it was just like, that's when I kind of just sat back. I'm like, this is cool, but it's not enough, you know? <laughs> so, 
Okay, so you're, and before I ask you this question, uh, just just because I now I'm I'm a trivia guy. So here here are some of the most famous musical artists from Wisconsin. Number one, Les Paul. I did not know that. So Les Paul, Violent Femmes is number two. So yeah, Violent Femmes is from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. That's where oh, where you're at. Another right now. '90s band. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'd go with '80s. I, you know, that's yeah. that's. Oh, sure. ladies. So Steve Miller, uh, another one. Garbage, and then of course we can't forget uh, uh, Liberace. So Liberace. There we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nothing like really came out of Milwaukee. You know, for our, I mean, just Wisconsin for like two decades <laughs> you know yeah just, yeah it, you know it was it was it was a rough period so it, it was nice to come from that kind of background where sure. you know, i didn't have any help i didn't have any knowledge i didn't have any skills or connections and just figured it out sitting in a basement and just pure hustle pure grind little madison bit yeah madison has a pretty good arts and music scene it does you know milwaukee's yeah. even not bad but the thing funny thing about music scenes and like playing in a band is you don't you go to any city in the world and like everybody's like oh the scene here sucks oh no, even no, yeah, la yeah. it's not what or yeah. nashville too oh it's not what it used to be and i'm thinking like everywhere i go people because i travel a lot for work they're always like oh you know the scene here sucks and i'm thinking like if you went to where i live everybody's like oh the scene here sucks i'm coming to move by you <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous so from uh you know as a kid in growing up in west michigan uh and then in, you know as we get into the late 80s house music out of chicago i mean that was and then and then later you had techno coming out of Detroit, um, you know, that was just a really exciting time uh, for someone like me who really liked electronic dance music. I mean, that's, you're hearing this music that is never, ever, I mean, it's, you know, variation disco and funk and all that other stuff, but it's, you know, it's really exciting when you get to hear a new music type that that's never existed before. And so, you know, nowadays, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, right, exactly. Like it's, they feel like it's getting harder and harder and harder. I'm going to grab two rocks and start banging them together, and people are going to go, wait a minute, I haven't heard that in a long time since the caveman days. You know, so. sometimes it's it's just like a, like they change like the hi-hat in, in the bass pattern, and that's a whole new genre, you know? Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> that, yeah. Metal is the worst. There's so many subgenres, and what's funny about oh, yeah. all the subgenres is they all hate each other, because it's like, if you listen to this one, then these people are posers and vice versa, and it's just yeah. like... People need to get girlfriends. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So Joel, um, okay. So you're working independently. You're in the industry. You're making good money. You're doing great stuff. Okay. So talk to me about where you get to the point. You're like, listen, I learned all these skills. I kind of made it to the top. Did you just start mentoring people or did, when did you start first taking your first students and what were you doing? Sure. Okay. So it starts, I met my friend, Joey. All right. So this is the very, very famous producer guy I was telling you about. Yeah. Um, he was like, the, we were like the first time we were both have like the same story. He comes from like a trailer park in Indiana. He was in a little garage. He was renting, sleeping on the couch for two years, making records. You know, I came from a cornfield in Wisconsin. Like we just somehow crossed paths on a band, went down to meet him. We became like best buddies. We did some work together. I did some ghost mixing for him. And he, his career just took off. It was like 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, he hit me up back in like 2013 because he, he had the massive following on Facebook. Like I said, total rock star. And this is back, you know, when the algorithms and Facebook were actually conducive to any sort of organic reach where you could just post and shut the thing down, you know? So he was like, hey, you know, he's like, I took this sound sample I made. It's called a bass drop. How do I explain that for non-music people? It's like one of those things in a movie trailer that goes like, doom. 
I just totally smashed my bike. I'm sorry. Right, right. You know, you know, you know what I mean? We're like, there's like a big sub energy boost right. and it, it sounds really, and he sold a bass drop and he sold like 2000 copies. And I was just like, oh my God, that's crazy. So he asked me to do a product with him and I didn't know how to make that kind of product. Three days later, I kicked it out. Now here's what's interesting is he hit up like 20 other producers to do products with him. And I was the only person that actually turned something in and got it done. And we went out, we made like 40 grand in a few weeks. And we were just like, whoa. So then, you know, well, then I did from some where? drum. Who, who's giving you 40 grand? He already had an audience. All he had to do was say, this exists. And people were like, bye, 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 bye. Okay. So well, that's convenient just, when you find, when you yeah, stumble we just upon looked that. At the nice. market. It's great. For, good, good thing you already had an audience. <laughs> yeah. The other thing though, Josh, was that no one was approaching anything with video back then. So we looked at it, you know, cause we, we had like a natural inclination towards marketing, but we weren't trained necessarily in marketing at that point. So we were like, well, no one's doing video right now. Cause you know, as a music producer, you're always thinking about like, okay, what are we doing different? Like, how can I make a hit? What's going right. to be on the t-shirt? What's that one liner that someone's going to sing in the bar? Like click, click, boom, you know, um, you're sitting there. So we're like, no one's marketing stuff like this with video. Like, so we just made a video around it and like, it just got, went viral and got shared. So, you know, we started making some drum products. We just crushed that. And then we, Joey and I would always get around. I was mixing a lot of bands with him. We made like a, a factory where we just kick out all these things in like rapid succession. So like, right. how, do, how do I explain this? Like a normal mixer, you know, we'll do like a song or two a day, like A-list, big time, you know, a song or two a day. And I was mixing entire albums in like two days. We built like a system of systemization. Uh, and later we made a course, but, um, so we were just crushing it and we'd always talk about mixing an audio. And one day Joey was just like, dude, we should just record this. And I'm like, yeah, people would actually listen to this. This could be a dope podcast. So we called this guy Al, who had some podcasting experience and was kind of into the education. And he worked at a very famous studio down in Florida doing like metal and stuff like that. And we got together, we started our company and we did a podcast. We launched it. We started doing okay because it was subscription based. And then we pivoted into something what we have now called Nail the Mix, which basically we had all these subscribers and they were like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, we want mixing education and the stuff that was out there, um, it was good. But the problem was the people that were doing it didn't really have any credits. They weren't like, mm-hmm. I mean, there was a couple of premium services, but nobody was like, you know, I don't know. It, it just, there wasn't anything good. So we put a spin on it. We did it a little bit different and we made it live so people could come on and directly interact with their favorite person. So back when I came up, I mean, I would have paid like $20,000 to go sit and watch, you know, the best, one of the best 10 people in the world mix a song and just sit there on a session for a day and take notes. So we were like, well, why don't we bring that person in front of them on a laptop and do it live so they can just turn around in the middle of the thing and be like, oh yeah, this is how I got the vocal to sound good. And, um, so they could interact with them. And then we, then we just, uh, so that exploded. I mean, we 10 extra business in six months. Then Technex did again mm-hmm. over the next year. You know, now we're into the seven figures annually and going. And uh, we've built a massive community. This, is, this company is worldwide. We have subscribers from all over the planet. Um, every race, religion, you know, yeah. everything you can think of. It's just really incredible. We do in-person live events where we have producers flying from all over the globe. As far as Australia and Malaysia and right. uh, Samara, Russia, like, all just everywhere. It's crazy. Uh, we, we have meetup chapters locally in different places. So like, for example, we flew to Sweden to go do one of these events. We do one every month with a producer and, you know, we had like over 40 people show up, uh, you know, where we walk into the bar and there's like a whole crowd of people and we're like, holy crap. So it, it's our online school has become like a movement, which is crazy. Cause it's to think about, cause it's like one of those things that you just, I get together with my buddies on the phone. We make some cool stuff. We post it on the internet and, um, you know, then you get out and you go and fly to something like this and you meet real people and you're like, this is a movement. This is crazy. Like, how did this happen? You know, obviously we know how it happened, but it's just like, you're in disbelief because it just, it was like one so, thing after another. 
Yeah. So Joel, the way you tell your story, it does sound like kind of a rags to riches type thing where, or not a, not even rags. It sounds like, okay, well, Joel has just kind of living a charmed life. Um, but there's probably some stuff that you maybe left out of the story where- Sure. I mean, that's like, the listen. short version since we only have 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Not, not even that. We only have a few minutes, but right. I, I just don't, what I don't want someone to do is hear your story and go, well, great for Joel. <laughs> I can't do that because Josh, I worked my ass off. There yeah. are days where there are months where I would literally work like six weeks straight, 16 hours a day, no exaggeration. Right. Like, you know, my partner, Joey slept on a couch for two years. You know, he had to, right. you know, he's renting a garage. He had to walk a mile down the street to use the bathroom. Like, you know, so, I mean, I, at least, <laughs> I at least wasn't that poor. You know, I, my parents right. were very middle class. My dad was a rags rich just kind of guy. He didn't give me anything other than, you know, a little bit of a, a push. And, uh, you know, you got you to gotta beat the old man, right? So, um, no, no, we really did work our asses off. Everything hit at the right time. We did invest a lot in marketing education. So when we started this, our partner, AL, had spent like 20G, the digital marketer. And he wrote like yeah. a 100-page business plan. And we sat down and we just went through it and we had to crash course. Like, what is a funnel? You know, what's a CTA? What's a tripwire? What's a, you know, mm-hmm. we, we just went through all these marketing terms. We had to learn it. And we just approached it with like a CEO mindset. Like, okay, I spent the last 10 years of my life getting great at audio. I need to get great at business. I need to learn about payment processing. I need to learn about you know, just everything that, you know, you learn running a business. How do I build a funnel? You know, how do I build a landing page? How do I get good at copywriting? You know, so I've read more books in the last three years than I think I read in my entire cumulative life. You know what I mean? And clearly worth the effort and uh, the end, you know, but it's like you, you have to, you know, you begin with the end in mind, you make the investments and do what other people are not willing to do. You know, it's like, it's the adage. It's like, listen, you know, if, uh, if, if I told you that all you had to do was, you know, shovel out this barn eight hours a day, 12 hours a day, and, you know, you're going to make minimum wage, if that, if you're lucky, especially your first year, um, it's going to feel very risky. But at the end of that five years, you're guaranteed to make, you know, six figures or more for the rest of your life. You know, <laughs> would you do it? And I mean, it's nothing's guaranteed, but if you really spend, you know, really, really invest in studying other people's success and learning from them and truly like, listen, you know, and this is going to get to my next question, you know, where we live in this era now where there's an infinite amount of education on podcasts, on YouTube and blog articles and so many other things. um, There's no end to what you can learn today. So that's why I think people are succeeding as entrepreneurs faster than ever, because they're learning from people that have been there, done that don't make their mistakes, let them shortcut your success. uh, So you could do it faster. So that brings, me, Joel, to my next question is how do you survive? How do you thrive with a company that's based on a lot of education, which is what you do, a lot of video stuff? And we live in the era where there's YouTube. So I would imagine there's a lot of what you teach is also now found on YouTube. I know that there's other things that you also include in your school that you really can't do on YouTube. Can you kind of explain how you have analyzed, if we're doing a SWOT analysis, that threat, right? Yes. If YouTube kept, you know, Warren Buffett's you know, mo. how do you deal with that? How do you deal I think with about that, that every box? day? And I'll tell you why real quick. Cause in 2009, I was in a band and I was touring and we were playing on tour with Papa Roach and Buck Cherry, you know, four to 10,000 seat arenas. Wow. And two months later, the industry shifted and my band who was in negotiations with a lot of labels, agencies, et cetera, 
didn't exist because no one wanted to sign butt rock bands anymore. So I learned then and there, you got to pay attention. You have to always be thinking 10 years ahead of what you're doing because you could, you know, as my YouTube friends learned about a year and a half ago when they changed all the ad pay algorithms, Mm -hmm. you can have the biggest, baddest channel in your niche. But when all of a sudden your income gets cut by a fourth because they change all of the, how they're going to pay out the algorithm, you are beholden to one thing you are done. Just like they say in investing, you know, the uh, diversification is the only free lunch. So the one thing that we have that no one can touch and sure people can copy us and people have tried, but it's, we move very, very, very fast and aggressively. And you know, you have three like ultra go getting maniacs. Most people are just lazy. They're not going to put in the work, but aside from that, especially over a long period of time, they're not willing to eat shit. I I don't know if I can say that. Sorry. (laughs) Um, They're not, they're not willing to eat it for so many years, you know, so you got to be patient, but really aside from that, um, our community, it has been the one thing that is untouchable okay. because there is, like I said, I go all around the world and I, we have meetups and when you can get people that will fly to another country to come and hang out, to talk about what they're passionate about, you know, for three hours, that to me means you're doing something special and there's something special there. So yep. we have a very strict system of community that we've built. We do all of these, you know, pay it forwards and like no BS policy. It's just, it's just a very, very, very well, put together thing and people will stay subscribed to our service just because they want to be part of something because I can't go to the bar and talk to somebody about audio. I can go talk about sports. I can talk about, you know, the five things that most people talk about, but I can't be right. like, Hey, what compressor did you use on your voice on that podcast? Yeah. And everybody like, what does that even mean? So right, yeah. when people like me find people like me, we're obviously naturally excited because we're introverts. We sit in a studio in yeah. a dark room and work with bands and no one understands us. So uh, <laughs> we're very passionate about what we do. And that community is the glue. Um, it is something we have put in a tremendous amount of energy, capital, and time into fostering and growing. And uh, it's just absolutely unassailable. And people who are way more capitalized than us have come into the market and attempted to cross into our space and just like they just get destroyed because these people will go out and fight people for you. Like if somebody comes up with like on your ad, Oh, blah, 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 blah. Like your 40 people will come in and just be like, no. And they'll just pound them. And you're just like, I didn't even have to reply. Joel Wanasek, you are the co-founder and CEO of Unstoppable Recording Machine Academy on the web at urm.academy. Also, nailthemix.com. Definitely check that out. Joel, thank you so much. I, Alyssa, I had so much fun. Like I, I love geeking out on music and it's, you know, uh, it, it's fun being able to chat with someone with your life experiences and congratulations on your two comma club awards, multiple. Uh, so that's really, really exciting. And again, congratulations on your success and building such a phenomenal community. You know, again, treat your community right. And that's something that's going to live with you forever. Uh, and you know, your authority along with that as well, you know, to your name, um, is, uh, you you know, you got two powerful, powerful assets and that is, uh, uh, much more recession proof than any, you know, one funnel away, a sales funnel. (laughs) Thank you, Josh. I appreciate it. Absolutely correct. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. 
We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.